What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonderkid, episode 43, here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? I'm sad. We had to say goodbye to the AFCON, and uh, now we're just, what, another week closer to a Portugal-Turkey showdown. <laughs> Love it. Love it. But uh, yeah, another week has passed, and there is just so much to talk about. So let's not waste any time, man. Let's Let, keep going. You mentioned it. So let's start with the AFCON, right? Because the winners was my prediction from the start. The golden yep. generation managed to take it home for the first time. And it was fantastic because Al Sise, the coach of, of, of Senegal, lost mm -hmm. 20 years ago a final against Cameroon. And now, in Cameroon's home soil, he wins against Egypt, the final that Senegal wins the AFCON. So, phenomenal yeah. coach. You love to see it. Pride of the nation and managed to get it done. So that's Yeah, cool. yeah. And it is. It, you, you said it. It's their golden generation. Um, Edouard Mendy has been mm -hmm. amazing for them. Uh, obviously, Sadio Mane really pepped up. Uh, when they needed them most. Um, mm -hmm. But they win their first AFCON title, and uh, it was a pretty boring game. Let's be honest. Yeah. Right? I mean, I know you were live for it, and were you falling asleep? Yeah, I, or, felt, I was, was pretty much falling asleep, I'd say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that doesn't change the fact that it was one hell of a uh, entertaining tournament. And uh, the only thing I got to mention is... Mm -hmm. I, and I, I'd like to know what you think. I'd like to actually know what our uh, our listeners think. Mm. Why would Mo Salah be the fifth penalty taker? Why why do we not put our best penalty takers first when it comes down to them? It, it's a crapshoot anyway, right? Put those with the steely nerves up front mm -hmm. because you never know if you're actually going to get to fourth or fifth. Um, so it, it just it's heartbreaking uh, to see a Mo Salah. Um, not even get a chance uh, to to you know 100%. to help you out in penalty kicks. So uh, I think that's, you're, po you're pointing yeah. out a problem, Bretson. A hundred percent. Like the, the, they should have taken that penalty earlier. But another problem I saw from the Afcon was the awards. Who won the uh, best goalkeeper? Gabaski didn't win the best goalkeeper of Afcon, and for, yeah. that is not the truth. That guy was the yeah. best in Afcon, at least for me. I'll, I'll say my opinions right here. So, but Mendy yeah. has won mm -hmm. a Champions League. He's won a yeah. Super Cup. Like, uh, yeah. like this man can't best FIFA goalkeeper award, and now the Afcon. So he can't stop yeah. winning Mendy too. So it's a phenomenal story. Yeah, you can even, you can even throw the uh, UEFA Super Cup in there too, right? Mm -hmm. um, no, Ed Edward Mendy. Edward Mendy. This is taking nothing away from his tournament. His tournament was very, very good for them. Um, but no, Gaboski should have won it. And Edward Mendy even came out and said that Gaboski was the best goalkeeper throughout that whole tournament. And what a tournament he had! Um, so it stinks. I think maybe he got hurt by the fact that he didn't play a couple of the games because he started the tournament as the reserve goalkeeper. <laughs> um, but uh, in the end, man, he gave he gave Egypt the best chance that they could um, to win that tournament. And to be honest, I don't even think Egypt ever played as well as they were probably capable capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And I don't think either. I don't think Senegal did either. Mm -hmm. um, there were a bunch of other teams that were punching well above their weight that I thought had a really, really good chance. But, hey, we were both right. We both said Senegal in the beginning. 
except I whiff, you know, I waffled and I changed it to uh, Morocco only for them to lose their next game. Um, you stuck with Senegal and uh, kudos to you, man. Kudos to you for winning. <laughs> but uh, and Sadio Mane, best player in the tournament too. Returning yeah. now to Liverpool. Now Liverpool yeah. have Mo Salah on a revenge test against yeah. Sadio Mane next game. They have Luis Diaz with something to prove. Diogo oh, yeah. Jota that can't stop scoring. So, yeah. but yeah, I have to end up the AFCON with saying Sadio Mane. Big ups on him being the best player in AFCON. And yep. for that, he gets a stadium in his name. In Senegal, okay, so big up on him, and he helps a, a lot with charity work, and he gives back an awful lot to the country. So you love to see it, man. You love to see it. You do. I, I gotta ask, did you see the video of Jurgen Klopp? Uh, mm. You know, like I, massaging Sadio Mane's shoulders, basically saying, you know, congratulations for your Afcon win, and then. Mohamed Salah comes around the corner getting ready for training and Jurgen Klopp immediately goes and walks away as if, you know, as if he didn't want to show any sort of outpour of support for Sadio Mane while oh, uh, most Salah was in the same room. My but hey, we said it. We said it previous to this, right? Mm -hmm. Sadio Mane and Senegal are now going to have to face a very pissed off and a very hungry mm -hmm. Egyptian national team. Mo Salah being the, you know, star of that team. Um, it is going to be a, what I think is going to wind up being a phenomenal, phenomenal World Cup qualifying home and away leg. So um, it just, it once again, it stinks. You're not going to see one of Mo Salah or Sadio Mane at the World Cup. There you go. So. There you go. So staying at the Liverpool talk, okay, I just want to say this. That match against Leicester. I was impressed, okay? And Harvey Elliott, I am going to mention it again. Again. Because every time I'm seeing Harvey Elliott play now, this kid is impressing me. And yeah. I'm going to say it. The best Portuguese forward right now in the Premier League is no Ooh. doubt Diogo Jota. Okay? Yeah. Diogo Jota is stepping up when he needs to step up. And honestly... Firmino, he's out. He's out, okay? He's out. You cannot put on the bench Jota right now. It's impossible. Yeah. And personally, I am so impressed on how he has he comes from Wolves to Liverpool and he is double, double the player he has at Wolves, okay? Yeah. Liverpool and Klopp, phenomenal development, okay? And the recruitment, yes, top yes. notch. Oh. The absolutely, I was going to say, in the scouting department, um, for finding, because we all thought, I mean, I, I had reservations, Diogo Jota. I mean, we, we knew that he was, we knew that he was good, but was he Liverpool good? Liverpool mm -hmm. chasing a Premier League good. Liverpool chasing a Champions League good. Yeah. Um, and I, I, hey, that's, that's why I'm not a scout. Uh, and, and they knew, and he just scored what it was two midweek. Mm -hmm. Um, I think those were his hundredth and his 101st career goals. So Crazy. kudos to him for hitting that milestone. And you, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Jota is the best. I would go as far to say Jota is the best Portuguese player in the Premier League right now, not just forward. I think in mm. terms of form and in terms of, um, now. Important. It's Cancelo. It's Cancelo, the guy that I straight away think that Ruben Diaz is okay. He's a bit. He's not being peaked, yeah. but not like Diogo Jota. But 
But yeah. I get you, definitely, man. But now, now everyone, yeah, never, everyone has to apologize to you because if, if you were such a Cristiano Ronaldo uh, hype artist, mm -hmm. um, you'd be fighting back here. But no, you know, uh, well, apparently Ralph Rangnick can uh, bench Cristiano Ronaldo, but Jurgen Klopp cannot bench Diogo Jota. <sighs> It's, it's, you, you mentioned the name we're gonna we're gonna talk after. It's Ronaldo, right? So Ronaldo has no goals and Norris is, Norris is still in 2022. Yeah. Three games, no wins. Okay, for Man United, in which Burnley, Burnley's yeah. causing you trouble. Okay, mm -hmm. so I, 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 it's not looking good. Okay, it's not looking good. I'm not impressed right now. It's. And what, what, what makes me laugh the most is when I see yeah. the news about who's going to substitute Ralph Ragnick because we know Ralph Ragnick has to be the sporting director next season, okay? Sure. He seems to be a rational person, which makes sensible football decisions. So hopefully, mm. Man United fans, hopefully he will stay at the club and will be doing... It will still... It will, I will still be making decisions, but... What I was going to say was, I see that Man United players want Poch mm -hmm. to come. They want Poch to come. And immediately in my mind, what do I think? They want the same old chit-chat. They want the yeah. same old chit-chat. Because if it's Eric Ten Hag coming to that United locker room, I'm telling yeah. you, he's going to boss around and all that deadwood, that right. deadwood that Ronaldo didn't see when he first arrived at Man United, it will leave. It yeah. will leave. So that's why I think Pochettino is the choice, the player's choice. But uh, yeah. no, please don't make it happen. Please don't make it happen, United. If United get Poch, it's going to be the same. It, be it the feels same. like it'll be the same. I, yeah, I just don't understand the backing of mm -hmm. that. It just feels like, yeah, pounding your head against the wall, expecting a different outcome. You, you, still, you still get a concussion. So, oh. um, you know, I, I didn't understand. I, okay. Ronaldo's older now, um, but mm -hmm. against Burnley is who you rest him against so that you can have him come off the bench to play 25. You barely give him any time to do anything. He mm -hmm. plays 25 minutes against a pretty crappy Burnley team that actually mm -hmm. I mean, stepped it up against the United some, <laughs> um, but he has not scored at all coming off the bench this season or even assisted coming mm -hmm. off the bench this season. And mm -hmm. there hasn't been many times. And, and just think about this. When they have sidelined CR7 and not started CR7, they have not won a game yet. Gee, that's okay? it. It's not that many games, okay? So it's a small sample size. And I do understand we do have to go back. And when CR7 was yes. starting earlier in the season, they did lose like five out of six matches at some point, which got Solskjaer oh. canned. But <laughs> recently, recently, since December, I believe... Okay, mm -hmm. when Cristiano Ronaldo starts in the Prem, they are six win, one loss, and two draws now. Okay, oh. after today's draw with Southampton, so that's a little bit better. And Ralph Rangnick, this is not science. Mm -hmm. Ronaldo has a ticking clock. Start the man. Okay, even if you think for some reason you know something's wrong, you got to start the man because I don't see a difference. And oh, by the way, Edison Cavani is probably leaving at the end of the season. Oh right? yes, yes, yes. And we saw Fabricio mentioning that a yeah. young striker is in the shortlist at Man United. So yes, Cavani for sure going to leave. I think he's going to River Plate even to replace yeah. Julian Alvarez. It's going to Man City. So 
<laughs> all that happening. But you said it. I know this is the biggest drought of goals of Ronaldo since 2009. But still, you mention yeah. it. The leadership, the competitive, competitiveness that he brings to that team. No yeah. doubt in my mind it needs to happen. And I just wanted to say this too. Eric Ten Hag is a phenomenal mm. choice. But I am going to go bold here. And I'm going to say... Ruben Amorim at Sporting. I am starting to say he is a good choice too to go to Man United right now. Smart, good communicator. Very good with the locker room. A really good relationship with the players. And a, yeah. overall, a smart individual, okay? I yeah. think that's an underrated quality nowadays, to be a smart individual. He knows what to say. He says it, says it at the right times. And mm -hmm. yeah, I really like Ruben. I really like Ruben. So, he also seemed to have the uh, the cooler head um, mm -hmm. amidst that clash of titans in, in Liga B win um, <laughs> yesterday. Uh, he was oh. hugging people and smiling at people uh, instead of um, flying off the handle like the majority of everybody on the pitch. Mm -hmm. uh, but oh. I'm sure we'll we'll get to that, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Unless you want to go there now. But I, I just had to – I don't mean to go back to United. Mm -hmm. uh, or uh, I'm sorry, I don't need to rewind – even before United and go back to Liverpool for too long. Mm -hmm. But I do need to bring up the fact that, man, mm -hmm. Luis Diaz, when he got on the, <laughs> when he, that first start, okay, uh, it looked as if he was a Liverpool player for the last 10 years. Yes. I okay. Agree. I mean, he fit right in. And again, that probably goes back to the scouting. It probably goes back to um, Klopp. It goes back to just understanding what attributes they're looking for when it comes to a player. Um, and yeah, Luis Diaz, uh, has been showing it for years, but, um, I agree actually with you. Not for, for years, for years, but like for several seasons now. And, uh, it was just great to see him fit relatively seamlessly into that attack. Yeah. So. He, even club said it. I think he was the, f the best match he'd ever seen first signing, like playing at Liverpool. Yeah. Luis Diaz. So, and, and I agree with you. He had that tenacity. He didn't want mm -hmm. to lose the ball. Clearly he, I, He's a bit weak compared to the Premier League caliber. You can see it, like, straight off the bat. But that happens when you're adapting to a new league. But yeah. I am extremely confident that it's going to work out. And ending up Man United-Liverpool talk, I got to say on my end, yes, he's a target, but he's a right target to have. Maguire. Maguire. Yeah. I keep on saying it. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm at the point of saying 80 million or bad mm -hmm. performances. I do not care. He's out. He has to be out, Maguire, because it's not even the money. It's not even the money. You are right. destroying the performances of your team by putting him on the pitch. Yeah. This is what Varane can't take it. You can yeah. see the frustration on that defense with Maguire. In my opinion, I can see it personally. So, and another thing too, everyone who says, oh, Ralph Ragnick's being exposed with some results. No, you can clearly see that he knows what he's doing by getting that law at the right, and improving 200% the build-up play of Man United by just making that simple decision of snubbing Bissaka, which was a fan favorite, okay? That mm -hmm. is a not an easy call by Ralph Ragnick to put Bissaka on the bench in Tristan Dalo, which improved yeah. the game drastically. So, I had to uh, say... I Hey, I've I've been pushing back on Maguire for some time, and um, I'm I'm running out of excuses. Uh, watching him against Southampton, uh, oh. I I I targeted him and, and was watching him more often than not. And again, again, I'm not a I'm not a seasoned scout here or anything like that. But oh. um, man, Armando Broja 
played him multiple times. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, literally, he goaded him to come in for that tackle and probably should have gotten a penalty kick out of it yes. uh, at one time. He got beat on the wing first um, and, and found his way, you know, bungling back into the, to, to the penalty box. And Broha just almost manhandled him in that sense. Uh, invited the contact, and, and then he got stomped on at the end of it um, accidentally. But Maguire just looked lost a lot of the times. And I was surprised. Uh, a whole I, I don't know. I, I am surprised. He's He has an issue with confidence right now is mm-hmm. what it seems like. Well, um, You know, I don't think he's been this bad. I agree 100%. And that's why, honestly, I think Man United fans need to hit it. And it's done. It's done, okay? Maguire, no more, okay? But you mentioned Fast to Porto Sporting, what happened there. And I told you, Breton, that was going to be a bold matchup. And it was, okay? And it was not... Don't get me wrong. The ending was not bold, okay? That is embarrassing for Portuguese football that that is happening. But what would you expect in the middle of a 40-man brawl of a Porto Sporting 2-2 at the end? Who is in the middle of it? Who yeah. is in the middle of it? Bip! <laughs> Bip! It has oh, to be the man. The man, the myth, the legend. But I have some things that I got to criticize, okay, about this yeah. game. That in 105 minutes played, only mm-hmm. 43 was with the ball moving. This mm-hmm. is Portuguese football in this play. This is the problem, okay? We yeah. need to improve the styles of play. It can't be all fouls. And, ah! Like, Nani said it. Like, Grich, Grich screams. These guys are yeah. screaming with the ref. So, the ref was a young guy, 34 years old. He couldn't handle it, man. The Porto bench were... Bruh, bruh, bruh. That was so, it was such an intense game, Breton. Such an yeah. intense game. I, for, what was it? Four red cards were handed out. Um, Pep, surprisingly, though, Pep, that was his... First red card in the league for like a while. But he got he got it after. He got it after the game yeah, was yeah, ended. Yeah. But like Goach was the red that changed the game. 48th minute or 49. Goach gets a red card for double uh, second yellow. Immediately sporting with less one less player. And it's Goach. So yeah, yeah they uh, they were they were winning 2-1. Game change 2-2. But yeah. if there's a player I gotta highlight in this match, talking football, it's Fabio Vieira, okay? Fabio Vieira already has 10 assists in the league, okay? And Fernando Sanchez, you have no excuses. Call this yeah. man up, okay? For the man of for the games of Turkey and the game against Italy, hopefully, okay? So yeah. give a chance to Fabio Vieira. He deserves it. The kid is special. I'm with you there because, yeah, Porto oh. was down to zip, right? And it was Oof. his goal, his assist. And then uh, he has, I was looking into this, he has seven assists in his last six games for Porto. <laughs> Okay. And here's the crazy part is I think he's only got eight starts in the league this year. Mm-hmm. Eight. Yep. Eight starts. And he has double-digit assists this year. Mm-hmm. So clearly he makes the most of his time when he's on the pitch. Um, the fact that he doesn't start, uh, well, you know what? It, it almost doesn't matter, right? It, it's Porto that's like the Porto that's at the top of the table with a six-point lead, correct? It's a, um, Sporting needed to win this match. But the fact that yeah. Fabio Vieira didn't start too many matches too because Luis Diaz was there. So now mm-hmm. there's this special dynamic between Vitinha and Fabio Vieira that I got to say too, Vitinha is definitely one of the most complete youngsters, 
midfielders mm. out there. He can he can dribble the ball extremely well. He can pass the ball extremely well. He can shoot outside the box. He's got that vision. Vitinha is yeah. tremendous, like just like Fabio Vieira, but Fabio Vieira is more loose to go to the wings. He's more of a, he's more of an Iniesta, and Vitinha is more of a Xavi. Okay, that's so, the comparison between the two. But so um, which one which one hits the Premier League first? Fabio Vieira. Fabio Vieira hits the Prem first because he is just ah oh, he's he's got that exp- he, he can express his game. Okay, just yeah. like Bot. Both I feel like they're gonna go to these free roles positions. In the prem, and don't get me wrong, Fabi Vera, anyone that gets him, if they, yeah. if he builds up muscle, he's gonna be a proper, proper stud. And I just wanted to say, fun fact, okay, for the listeners, there yeah. is kind of like drama between the Portuguese presidents too. And at the end of that match, because there was a, as I said, a forty-man brawl, that thing was a madness, okay, in the middle of the pitch. Afterwards, press conference happens. The Ruben Amorim doesn't go to the press, and Varendes, the sporting president, says this. <laughs> this the end of the match expresses the 40 years of reign of Pinta Costa at Porto. So basically, he's throwing in the mud shade to Porto's yeah. president, which by many people in that city is the best president in the history of sports. I am not okay. capping people, okay? This guy has won it all for Porto. And Porto was like, Porto was a small team before. I'll be honest. Right. And Pita Costa put it at the same level as, not a small team, but a, a, not at the same level as Benfica and Sporting. And he managed to okay. make it happen. So there's a lot of shade happening. I just had to say that. Oh. And, and uh, from, from a more recent point of view, um, it is Porto that has, what, a, a 50-game Yes. Win streak, fifty game. Um, win no, fifty game where they haven't lost it. Uh, mm-hmm. At home, so yes. At home, yes. Uh, so clearly that's a fortress, and the fact that they were down two zip, and Fabio Vieira uh, let a comeback, and uh, and then Pep did some enforcing after hours. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's some good stuff. What the hell happened with the stewards though? Like, uh, did yeah, that like bit I, at the stewards? The stewards. As I told you, like, it's it's a menace. It's okay. It's a very tough atmosphere to go play. And, yeah, it, it, it was hectic then. The, it it yeah. was just hell. Everybody was getting involved. And, yeah, it was not good to see. As a, as a fan of Portuguese football, I, w- I was kind of disappointed. I, I was kind of expecting it. That's the problem. Really? You know what okay. I'm saying? That's the problem. Like, we all knew, like, oh, Pep's getting that yellow. It's going to all it's gonna all pile up and everything's going to hit the fan. So, you know what I'm That's saying? Great. So, that, yeah. yeah, that happened. But uh, I, I haven't seen a scrum like that in a long time. And um, somehow, somehow on Twitter, a full English broadcast – <laughs> of that last five six minutes post game uh made its way into uh what? into my eyes so i was able to see exactly what you were talking about because you were you were texting me this whole the whole time while it was happening i'm like i can't see this <laughs> um yeah that is pretty embarrassing but uh ultimately it was still a hell of a game and fabio Vieira is definitely one to one to watch yeah, there um you go. There you well go. i gotta talk about you know something that like I, I've had, it's been a struggle with this. Okay, mm-hmm. this whole season, kind of watching whether it's watching a Romelu Lukaku or it's watching like mm-hmm. CR7 get a bunch of shade for not scoring recently. Um, I've come to the realization that Jan Oblak, mm. uh, who I have definitely stand for, right, uh, over the last several months, um, 
he is having a bad year. And and he's made some pretty bad mistakes for them. And and let's be honest, Atletico Madrid is not having, you know, a year that's up to Diego Simeone's uh, mm-hmm. standards. It's certainly not up to a lot of the players on that team's standards. But Jan Oblak is not, not one of the best goalkeepers in the world anymore. Mm. And uh, it, what made him the best was his consistency uh, yeah. most of the time, right? And that consistency has definitely been flawed this year. It's weird to see that. Well, um, so- you know why, Britson? You know why, Britson? You know why that's happening, man? And like, I got I feel more sorry to Oblak because Oblak had this fortress and this elite stats, and yeah. Simeone is not doing justice with the center backs in front of him. That yeah. is a madness. The hectics. It's the formation, and we didn't mention last part, but Barcelona, okay? Mm-hmm. They managed to beat Atletico, and I gotta say. That wasn't style. Ronald that was scoring. Like, you see the youth involved. The hype between Jordi Alba and Danny Alves. The duo is back. And I, w- I was hyped when I was seeing all that. But, yes, I agree. Oblak is very down in form. But I'd still say top three, top five keepers in the world. But yeah. uh, we, yeah. we're not seeing it. I have to agree. No, no. And you can't rate a guy. I mean, people have down, down mm-hmm. seasons. Um, it's surprising. Um, but they did just come off of one of their most successful seasons. Mm. So you you tend to see maybe a step back if you're mm-hmm. not a true dynasty, I guess. I mean, hell, we just saw Bayern Munich get shellacked by <laughs> Bochum. Ba- ba- How'd you say it? Bochum? Yeah, Bo- uh, yeah, true. Bochum. Yeah, one of the lower one of the lower teams in the Bundesliga. So so even uh, even in a micro uh, portion of the season, um, dips in form can certainly happen, or, or weird things can happen. But yeah, Oblak has consistently been under what we expect of him this mm-hmm. year. And that consistency normally works for him in terms of peak form. And, um, and he's not that. So do I think you go a different direction and you build around a younger goalkeeper mm. um, for, for Atletico moving forward? Probably not. Probably no. not. I don't know. Um, but it is, it, it was just so weird. And, and I looked into it more because there was that whole, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, that was a, there was that whole thing where people were throwing a lot of shade at Diego Simeone mm-hmm. for forcing one of his new signings, Daniel Voss, um, one of the D-mids that they signed from Celta, maybe, or was it from Valencia? Yes. Valencia, I think. Yes. Uh, signed him, threw him in there. He tweaked something, and instead of taking him out, uh, he basically said he couldn't go. He forced him to play the rest of the game, and now the, the guy's out for like multiple months with a torn meniscus or something. Uh, so Diego Simeone is like not having a good PR day. And obviously Jan Oblak's form doesn't help that either. I, I, I didn't even know that. And I was going to, I was going to follow up saying Felix came public mm-hmm. saying I played six months with a broken oh, yeah, bone yeah. in my foot. So it's, it wouldn't be surprised if it was pushed by Simeone, yeah. because if you don't play, you uh, if you don't play now, you won't play afterwards. That that's the type of chit chat that I hate. Oh my days! No, 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 no. You just oh my day! I didn't know this. I didn't know what you said before. And but yeah. I I, I want to lead up with a positive though. Even with this, <laughs> even with this playing six mm-hmm. months with the broken bone, I see Felix saying, "I want to win a Champions League. I want to yeah. win a, a World Cup. I want to win a Euros." And of course. I want to win a Ballon d'Or. But for that mm-hmm. to happen, 
these injuries. He can't be playing with these injuries. And for sure, he can't stay at Atletico if he's going to win the Champions League, okay? Talk to Ronald, he'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so. Well, mm. you know, I, I got one other place I got to go. And I, I mentioned him last week. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, Olivier Giroud just keeps doing it, dude. <laughs> he's he's 35 years old. He's He has four goals in his last two games. Uh Four goals in his last 150 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and he's got double digits this season, barely starting uh, mm -hmm. for AC Milan. Um, I, I think the bigger news here is Teo Hernandez signing yes. a new deal for AC Milan. But I, I just love it because you have Olivier Giroud doing it, who obviously used to be a uh, uh, a, a Chelsea striker, mm -hmm. Arsenal striker, then Chelsea striker. Um, and then you also have at Inter Milan, the direct replacement of somebody that we'll mention at the end of this, uh, <laughs> Eden Dzeko has 14 goals and seven assists on the season. He's got 10 goals in Syria and he as well is 35 years old, turning back the clock, um, just doing awesome things in AC Milan and Inter Milan are fighting at the top for the Scudetto. Um, and then you have a certain Romelu Lukaku who is taking the club world cup by the storm by storm. Uh, <laughs> he's got two goals in the club world cup, but obviously uh, only has what, like five goals in the premier league this season. So <laughs> it's just amazing to me that these guys, guys are just consummate professionals in my mind. And I love seeing it. I know we talk about 23 and under here mm -hmm. uh, more often than not, but I do love seeing it. Olivier Giroud turn back the clock and scoring goals for fun, getting service. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love seeing Jekko. Um, everybody said that they were going to get a downgrade Antonio Conte leaving because of the turmoil, because of the financial hole, mm -hmm. they had to sell Lukaku. They had to sell some of their best players mm -hmm. and boom, they're at the top of the Serie A table with Eden Dzeko scoring 14 goals, having seven assists. It's, it's cool. It's cool to see the turn back the clock type of, type of moment for these guys. Um, makes I, you wonder what's it going to take for Lukaku to get up there. I agree with um, you. I, what, what what does it say? He'll take an awful lot, but that it won't it won't be what what he's having right now. But you said it. Yes, the man is going bold supposedly in the club World Cups. Maybe. So Chelsea won it. So yeah. we we might talk after about it. So, but I just want to mention because you said he's in Milan. It's Teo Hernandez that extension getting it done until twenty twenty six. Okay, I am mm -hmm. sure. Every single club in the world came not even PSG with Noon Minch. They must have yep. asked, how's the situation with Theo? Like every single club in the world wanted Theo Hernandez. And the fact that AC Milan is keeping him says to the world that AC Milan wants to be a big boy club. But the other yep. two extensions that was in the tweet of Fabricio is get Ben Acer done and get mm -hmm. Rafael Young done. Because yeah, those need to happen. And I'm already Every time I see AC Milan play, I, am, I always think the same thing. Brahim Diaz, how is this yeah. guy not mentioned more? And I remember at a given time that Brahim Diaz was being compared next to Foden, who was going to mm -hmm. be a bigger talent in Man City. And I got to say, everyone's talking about Foden, but please don't stop looking at Brahim Diaz at the other side at AC Milan too, okay? They might coexist one day back okay maybe my man city because brahim diaz is improving a lot okay yeah. don't don't sleep on this people okay and yeah. the other player that has developed elite for isamalan this season not Giroud. He, he seems to improve too every season too like you're mentioning but tonali mm -hmm. 
Tonali yeah. is just a different player. He's more confident, okay, dictating the tempo, that I wanted to see that, and he's more aggressive, okay? <laughs> Something that AC Milan lacked big time. And now that Kessie is leaving, you need that midfielder that is enforcing that aggression. And Tonali yeah. wants it. So, yeah, yeah. Capitano yeah. Tonali. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah? Okay. It might happen. Well, yeah. it, I, I'm confident, though. I'm confident, it, it's though. Good because yeah, he's he's obviously stepped forward and leaps leaps and bounds, and and that's exactly what we talk about when we say you know progression for players is not generally linear, right? Mm -hmm. There are ups and downs. And when Tonali came from Russia, right? It was Russia mm -hmm. Brescia, originally, yeah. and we all thought that he was going to hit the ground running, and he Whoa. didn't. He didn't right away. Mm -hmm. um, Hell, it took it took a season and a half, even even longer than that, mm -hmm. uh, for Tonali really to start, um, you know, showing his medal. Uh, mm -hmm. So it it is exciting because they locked down Teo. That's mm -hmm. a big big statement for mm -hmm. them uh, in terms of their pursuit for a Scudetto um, at some point in the near future. And and what's cool is I, I just love thinking about. I know they don't go left. Left doesn't go versus left <laughs> um, on the pitch. But uh, Gozens uh, for Inter oh, yeah. uh, when he gets healthy and Teo for um, AC Milan, those battles for years to come, mm -hmm. um, I think it's going to be kind of a Milan-centric Serie A for the foreseeable future. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, that is a good shout. That is a good shout. Yeah. But here in the news, I got to talk at the, about the club that I tend to speak every week about, just the, just the sparkle of it. And some big news for me that I'm extremely bullish on the Barcelona with Holland news and all that. Some really positive news come to my feed. And they signed a new deal with Barcelona. Spotify will be paying 93 million a year to Barcelona. And people, thank you. Thank you for making my dream of Holland become much more possible because it is Breton. This yeah. makes it happen. But different from the Rakuten, Rakuten, mm -hmm. this company deal, uh, <laughs> uh, they were paying 55 million a year. Okay. And yeah. Laporta clearly showing that he can do business better than Bartomeu, getting a three year deal. Okay. The rights of the stadium, that is the big thing. Differentiated, differenti differentiating both deals. Uh, yeah. Camp now is gonna call <laughs> is gonna be named Spotify Camp now. Okay, so the music is gonna be going bold. I hope in that in, in that stadium. But if on, it, if on. it's to get Holland, put all the music. You're not just gonna pipe Joe Rogan through at the stadium <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Joe Rogan, you know, everywhere. Uh, I, 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 on and I guess Daniel Eck, who is the CEO of Spotify, mm -hmm. um, I guess he's okay with his uh 50% drop in market cap, um, at least in the uh the American stock market. But oh. uh, I guess he's going to give up his pursuit of Arsenal. Uh, you may <laughs> recall that he was the one that was trying to chase Kroenke out of town at Arsenal, um, mm -hmm. so that he could hand it back to the club, hand it back to the fans. Um, and unfortunately, that didn't go anywhere. But uh, Daniel Eck and Spotify, yeah, that's that's pretty bold. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It feels feels well, too commercial for me to to call Camp Now um, Spotify Camp Now. But um, hey, I guess times are a changing when you uh, when you need to fund Erling Holland. Although I thought I thought Xavi was very 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 straightforward about what he wants next, mm. and that's a center back. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what if they spend a good portion of that on like a Jules Conde instead? No, no worries. Uh, they'll still have it. With the, with, the have <laughs> with the money that they'll get from Depay to Sergi Roberto not getting extension. Umtiti yeah. leaving. Look, uh, look, De Jong doesn't get 25k a week. That's not too much. So, but a lot needs to happen still at Barcelona. But yes, again, and the COVID times. I just want to say this last. Barcelona had such a tough time and we're asking for the Super League and all that. Because yeah. like the sponsor I went to see, Rakuten, in the mm -hmm. COVID year, the first year of COVID, they paid Barcelona 30 million. So... The first year of Spotify to the Rakuten year is a 60 million difference of sponsor deal. A year. A year. So the Barcelona, um, Mar Marca, the, aye, the merchandise of Barcelona wasn't being used the correct way. And La Porta is going to do the correct marketing of this brand. Because Barcelona yeah. is one of the biggest brands in the world. So Spotify naturally wants to collab with them. Yeah, well, I don't mean to be a wet blanket here, but I think you're going to find it come out that um, the terms of this deal is, mm -hmm. is a lot less exciting mm. um, than what the news has made it be. Um, I don't know where they would find this, uh, this, but yeah, I do look forward to the day that Xavi is a guest on Joe Rogan Experience. So um, uh, that, that, that would be interesting. Um, Joe Rogan talking about uh, tactical awareness and, um, and, and tiki-taka. <laughs> Uh, and, and somehow, yeah, anyway, um, but no, that's a good shout. And yeah, it, you're right. Uh, mm -hmm. You have Barcelona, the brand Barcelona, the brand is very much, um, it very much is Meshke on club, right. Or Meshke the club. Um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it is, uh, it, it is, it is marketable, um, even in times of financial turmoil. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, if it's not Spotify, it's Rakuten. If it's not Rakuten, it's likely somebody else. The corporate sponsors will always be there. Mm -hmm. um, something big happens, uh, and they should be able to build, rebuild this team in a different light, um, a whole lot quicker than say any other club on the planet. Yeah, if they get it right. So I I'm with you there. I just, yeah, we'll see. And we'll they see. need to. They need to. But there was positive news for this monopolization with Haaland, Vini, and Mbappe. There was news mm -hmm. that said that was saying that Real Madrid was telling Haaland to stay another year at Dortmund and get it done the following because of the salaries. So yeah. that gives me hope for the Haaland Barca deal. But talking about <laughs> a different topic now, it's the Bundesliga dominance of Bayern Munich seems to be having a new topic inside it. And Bayern Munich, if they win the Bundesliga this season, they're going to win it for 10 consecutive years. Okay. And that is dominance, pure <laughs> dominance and that's why i see the suggestion right now of playoffs okay i'm speaking with the right person right with the mls yep. playoff system oh yeah so why does the bundesliga want play well to have more winners but but you think the playoff system is a positive for uh for the bundesliga breton for european football yeah i mean i i think i think parity fits in with um, their fan centric, uh, type of approach to things, right. Mm -hmm. You know, how, how their ownerships are set up. Um, and, and yeah, 10 years is a long time. Now, I don't think Bayern ever gets enough credit for, for how well they've managed their club because we've seen clubs with similar resources make terrible mistakes, um, and give that up. Mm -hmm. 
but it does also feel like nobody has ever even reached or touched or come close to <laughs> the upper echelon of Bayern. And yeah, the best way to do that is we just saw it, Bakum beating them four to two, <laughs> that any on any given day, somebody can get embarrassed. Um, and the playoffs hand that uh, type of experience to you. I mean, coming from uh, NFL, NHL, it, it's very Americanized, but it isn't exactly unique just to America. Mm -hmm. um, but you've seen teams dominate and go 16-0 and 0 in the NFL uh, only to lose in their first playoff game and miss out on really what they all have come here for, and that is to win the Super Bowl, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Just ask the two clubs that are currently going to duke it out, LA Rams, right? And the Cincinnati Bengals in the NFL, these are not clubs that were the most dominant throughout the whole season, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that parody is is really interesting, but I also feel like, I don't know. I, I'd be interested to know what, what Bundesliga fans think about this. Um, I'd be able to stomach it because, hey, my whole life is playoffs right now. Um, even in MLS, they do have the supporter shield, which says the best record, mm -hmm. right? Gets a nice medal, gets a nice okay. plate, the shield, and you get to put that in your trophy case. But you ultimately have to duke it out for M MLS Cup, which is, you know, the eighth, the eighth seed has just as much of a chance to win than the first seed. Yeah. So I like it. I like it. I feel like it fits in the Bundesliga. It would not fit anywhere else. And currently. the Champions League spots. How would it go then? That's what I, that was. That was my big question while you were talking. The, well, the semifinalists would then be the Champions League play, playoff spots because it's four four teams. Well, oh. not necessarily. You could make the league. The league still has to have, you oh, know, dominance positions. and relevance. So, so you make the league. Uh, the European spots, maybe you, you take, okay. you siphon one off, you siphon one off and you say, um, you know, one is up for grabs for uh, the, the, the top team that does not qualify for the playoffs that goes furthest in the playoffs wins the last European well, spot. A lot of um, thinking, uh, well, a lot of thinking yeah. needs to get into this, but uh, if they're proposing this, there must be some solid thinking on it. But uh yeah, I, I, I could see something happening with it. And Bayern Munich loves to recruit from the, the North American market. And uh, let's see. Let's see what Fonzie Davies there. Like yeah. Chris Richards. Well, on loan. Well, but uh, I just I had two things of Bayern Munich leading with this. It's Mueller is three hmm. assists away of equaling his best season ever. Okay. 18 assists right now. 21 assists his best season ever. And we're still... In February, okay? That is mad. And I just wanted to put it out there again. I think I am more... I'm not more sure than ever, but I'm getting to a stage that I think it's really going to happen. And I'm very confident And Florian Wirtz is going to Bayern Munich, people, okay? I really can see this deal happening. And because they are... They're saving up. They're saving up for that one player. And the more I see Wirtz play the more I see it's going to happen to Bayern Munich. So, Well, that, that's, that's uh, funny you say that because mm -hmm. they were uh, – Thiago Tomas had two goals <gasps> against, against Bayer Leverkusen. Oh! But guess who took over in the last 10 minutes of the game? Oh, Wirtz, right? 
<laughs> yep, he had a goal and an assist in the last five minutes of the game to put the game away four to two. That oh is God. clutch. You see how ridiculous yeah. that is at eighteen. That is, oh, is that I don't see. I, I'm not gonna say I don't. I didn't see Kai Havertz do that. But this yeah. is so many games that a it man is. is needed to perform, and Virts is doing it. Virts is yeah. doing it. Oh. I, I honestly don't. I don't see where he goes uh, aside from Bayern. At least as a next step, but. Mm -hmm. Um, that might be something to to consider. Where well, else could you see a Florian Virch going? Well, put um, that in the comment section, people, if you have yeah. a suggestion for yeah. Florian. He said Barcelona was his dream, but uh, and mm. then we can lead up with another player too that we don't know his future. That I see the interview of Declan Rice with Gary Neville, and Declan right. Rice said this: "I want to win a Premier League. I want to win a Champions League." I win it. I want to win an FA Cup, a League Cup, and win with England. But for all this to happen, Declan Rice, is it going to be a West Ham? I don't think so. So I have a bold prediction that it is the club that released him at 14. Okay, Chelsea, if you don't know, they're going to get Declan Rice back next summer. Okay, and I have a feeling a player like Jorginho or Kante or Kovacic is going to leave to give space to Declan Rice and Mason Mount's going to love it. <laughs> so, yeah. And, yeah. And you can probably get a nice chunk of change for Connor Gallagher too. If you're not going to play him. Oh, you know? but oh, um, you can't let him go. Bretton. Oh, I mean, you can't, but if you have Declan Rice and you keep any of the two of the I, three that you're talking about, I don't see where I, he fits. I don't see where he fits in. I, um, they don't, they don't, they don't play the same, the same way, but if you got Declan Rice, it's a Declan Rice, Mason Mount. And, uh, there you go. You know. see that that can be it's the Connor, Con that Connor Gallagher come can come. Uh, Billy Gilmore, I'd say he he he'd be the biggest player that will be. He'll he'll have I mean, a tough time. You you raised a hundred million mm -hmm. from fringe players for the most part the mm -hmm. first time, and I believe with Chelsea's loan army still in full force, I believe that they could do it again. Mm -hmm. Um, and and that likely is going to be what it's going to take, right? Mm -hmm. For right, at least a hundred ninety. I mean, we know there's an English Tash. I do. I mean, I believe Declan Rice is underrated mm -hmm. as much as as much as he's in the limelight, as much as he's talked about. I, I do believe that Declan Rice is an underrated footballer. He's also got that leadership quality that at such a young age, like you can't yes. that like people look up to the guy. Um, and hell, the other day, I forget, was it midweek or was it last week? Mm -hmm. But he just decided, screw it. I'm going to take it myself. And he roofed it. That was in the FA Cup. Yes. They were about to lose an extra time. He's like, screw it. I'm just going to get this done myself. Like he's, he's just, he's got that. That's something else that is, uh, that is pretty special. And I'm, I'm, I'd be excited to see him in a Chelsea setup. Actually. That was really a big would. moment. That was a big moment. I agree with you. Oh, Show yeah. leadership and the team that needs him more. It's not Chelsea. Okay. It's, it's clearly <laughs> man United because yeah. if we're talking leadership in the middle, all this, like he's yeah. the opposite of Pogba in that sense right now. Okay. So Man United do need that player that is vocal in the middle and can change that. But I'm going to speak now about an underrated player that we got to highlight in the news, not to forget. And yeah. Mitrovic broke the record of the most goals in championship, okay? And we're still in February, okay, with 31 
goes Mitrovic, okay? Serbian striker, legend for many, okay? Very, very good player. He, I think, yeah. he, well, he still didn't surpass. He's equaled even Tony's record, uh, goal record, that is 31. But as I said, we're still in February, so Mitrovic is going to surpass. So Yeah, I think he's going to surpass it. They, he scored again today in a 1-0 win. Fulham looks like they're on their way back to the Premier League mm-hmm. um, over time. It just... It baffles me that he has not been able to put it together in the Premier League just yet. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had a couple chances, whether it's with Newcastle or with Fulham. Um, I do understand COVID and and um, and injuries uh, definitely hurt him, but he is the king of the the Skybet Championship. Um, <laughs> and here's the here's an even crazier stat: thirty one goals. Obviously, we can put our head put our heads around that because it's just January. They play forty eight games or forty six games mm-hmm. uh, in the championship. But he has more goals than five teams. Five teams in the championship. I One player has scored more than five teams in the championship. It's unbelievable. And that, that just brings me to, to Fulham's goal scoring. Because you also, we've talked about Fabio Carvalho, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this guy has also been scoring goals. I don't know if he's at double digits yet, but he's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, you have other guys in that team ha- that have added plenty of goals. Wilson, Rodrigo, right? Yeah, Rodrigo uh, Muniz, Harry Wilson. Um, is Harry Wilson there? Yeah, mm-hmm. Harry Wilson is there. Mm-hmm. Anthony Robinson, Jedi. He's He's been playing well for them. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Mitrovic, 31 goals. But then when you look at it and Fulham has scored like close to 80 goals already this season, which is still 30 more or so mm-hmm. than anyone else in the championship, you, you start to realize Fulham is like in the purgatory of being a Premier League team and being a championship team. They're too good for the championship and they can't stay in the Premier League. That so they're in the purgatory and they need somebody, something, some player, <laughs> whoever that keeps them there because uh, they're going to wind up being Norwich City. Um, <laughs> well, there is well, Mark Silva though. I think he'll stay at Fulham, maybe. So that'll be good for them. But Fabio Fabio Carvalho won't. <laughs> Fabio Carvalho won't. He'll leave next summer. It's too yeah. difficult to stay with him. But is there anything in the news we, you forgot to mention, Breton? No, not in the not in the general news, but uh, so, definitely got some wonder, wonder kids we got to talk so about. So if there's anything we missed out, people in the news, please put down below in the comment section below, and yeah, let's get to it. The wonder kids news. So I yeah. wanted to start on my end here by saying, what's happening with Ricky Puig, Breton? Okay, no manager seems to want to play him. Okay, and yeah. I have a, a prediction here. I think it's not bold, but Ricky Puig for sure, is going to leave Barcelona next summer. I, yeah. I think it's the best for Ricky Puig. It's not going to work out at Barca. And if Xavi doesn't play you, it's it's over. It's over. Yeah. Oh, it's, 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 it, it's baffling to me now, almost that I question Ricky Puig more than I question any manager. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he's had multiple chances to leave, and he's done the same... I'm going to stay here and I'm going to fight for my spot. <laughs> or maybe he just likes the the the, the lack of drama mm-hmm. behind never never playing a game, but being part of, you know, one of the more uh, reputable, marketable clubs on the planet. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know. Is, is it a is it a player thing? Um, we've backed them just because generally you and I have pretty blind faith in the Wonder Kids over <laughs> anybody else. Um, but Ricky Puig is like not a wonder kid anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's pretty close to 24 
uh, if he's not already. He's 23, maybe. Mm. Um, but I feel like we've been talking about him going to an Ajax, him going to a whatever for the last few years. And at what point is it Puig's fault um, yes. or his his his, uh, his agent's fault uh, over anyone else? Because frankly, if you're not good enough, you're not going to get playing time. I agree and... with you. I think it's Puig more than Barca, Bretton. I think Puig really wanted to try his shot at Barca. And yeah, it's time it's to go. Exactly. It is. That was... I mean, even if you wind up going the Cucurella route mm. and you go to Hatafe or you go to um, Cadiz, I mean, he, he resurrected his career there. Um, and Cucurella is obviously uh, pretty well, he's, he's loved by us. Currently, I don't know if that means anything to anybody. It but will, Cucurella. it will. Trust me, Cucurella yeah. playing at Brights is going to be a Spanish national team player. It's a good mention. Well, I'm going to go really, really young. Mm. I'm going to go really, really young. Because did you see that Manchester United signed an American? What? what? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> uh, this American, you might know him. Um, he has a famous father. His name is Cristiano Ronaldo Jr. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, he was born in America. Um, it's a joke, of course. He's 11 years old. He took the number seven. Uh, we should not even be talking about this because, okay, he was prolific at Juventus. Junior. Um, so. Yeah, but uh, but he is, yeah, he's in Manchester United's academy. So Come I just on. He's good. Junior is good. He's got techers, man. He he's got techers. He's 11. He's 11 and, and let, let, him, let him alone. I just wanted to make a joke that he was American and... Uh, and go from there. We, we also know he's not actually American. He just could be if he wants to. If he wants to suit up for the U.S. men's national team uh, <laughs> three or four World Cups from now, um, that's a possibility. That'd be a bold dynamic, U.S.-Portugal. <laughs> Junior. Everyone rooting for Junior. Bora, bora, Cris. That would be. But sticking with Portugal, sticking with Portugal, mm-hmm. um, there is a player that um, you already mentioned him. And I, I and you mentioned him in the same light as uh, Fabio Vieira, mm-hmm. but Rafael Leal. At what point mm-hmm. does he deserve the same shot that you think Fabio Vieira deserves mm. uh, in this Portugal um, Turkey impending matchup? That means a whole lot because Leal's been, uh, you know, he's been different. What, what do you like to say? Different gravy. He's been a different breed so far this year. He's got nine goals, five assists. Um, and he, I believe, is the top dribbler mm-hmm. in Syria. Um, I mean, at least he gives you unpredictability, which I know Fernando Santos does not like unpredictability per se, uh, but a goal and an assist versus Lazio in the Coppa Italia quarterfinals. I mean, do you believe that he deserves a shot in these upcoming qualifiers, or do you feel like he's just going to be super sub, not even on the roster? Uh, I think he'll be called up, yes. But I, I do think Rafael Leon surely should have been called up much earlier than he is. And this is the other thing, too, with Rafael Leon. Is he going est- to extend his contract at AC Milan? Because right. Rafael Leon has a big fee to pay to Sporting. I think it's 16 million euros with all that incident of him leaving for free Sporting to Lille because that was huge trouble, okay? So the next club that signs a contract with Rafael Leon, they have to have this this in mind, the 16 million euros. So I don't know. I don't know if Milan wants to pay it. But um, yeah, I do think if if I was Rafael Leon, it's working out at AC Milan. Stay at AC Milan, okay? Don't, don't, no invent. No invent. Don't invent, okay? Stick with what you know and keep on improving, man. I'd forgotten about, I'd forgotten about the drama 
um, around around oh. his exit at sporting. I had completely forgotten about that, but, and that was that was right around the first time you and I were like, yes. chatting. About, yes. right? I, I, you were I, oh man, I was huge. I, when I saw Rafaelian play against Porto, like he was mm -hmm. nearly getting a brace. He scored in Dragão. So that's he's got big talent. So hopefully he'll be called up for Portugal and he'll stay and extend. I want to see him stay and extend with Asa Milan. So yeah. he All needs right. it. He there needs it. Go. But talking about a striker, a young striker that is on the move, okay? I said Bayern Munich are guaranteed getting Wirtz. And I'm mm -hmm. going to say it. Dortmund are guaranteed to get Karim Adeyemi, okay? Because... It's going to be a five-year deal because Fabrizio's already chatting, chatting, chatting. And it's going to be a terrific window for Dortmund if they already get Nicolas Sula for free, mm -hmm. getting from Bayern Munich. That Usually it's the other way around because Sule is a starter for Bayern Munich even. So this is a big boy steal. And getting Karim Adeyemi straight off the bat, those are two really good moves to start next season for Dortmund but uh yeah the inevitable uh loss of Haaland will happen too so yeah did did uh Fabrizio <laughs> mention a fee on uh, that on uh Kareem Adeyemi yeah I think yeah. it's I think he's I think it'd be between 30 and 40 million don't, don't I could be wrong people but I think it's 14 million the release clause on Kareem Adeyemi uh, well, if you think about what Dortmund paid for Holland um, oh, amidst this craziness, and then you you add a couple years of inflation into that, <laughs> um, that actually sounds sounds pretty right on that. Um, but no, Kareem Kareem Adeyemi. I mean, we're going to talk about him later if we get mm -hmm. to uh, any start bench cells. I just I love how direct of a player he is. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you look at him and he leads that league, and I know it's the Austrian Bundesliga, but he leads that league in uh, you know drives into the boxes drives mm -hmm. into the, the attacking third i mean he is just fearless uh, almost to a fault and uh he's a lot a lot of fun to watch and he gives him that pizzazz that i think would go pretty well with a daniel malin or a future mukoko if they ever play him again oh, yeah. um yeah and uh, and a Gio Reyna who has a, always has a chip on his shoulder and a yes. a streak for for creating really cool moments as well so he's like a one of those like marketable like, mm -hmm. yeah, he, he's it, it, it's a very, very good signing if, if they get it done. And yeah. I, I'm pretty sure they're going to get it done. I'm it confident. And Mukoko yeah. must must be like, oh, what, what, what happens to me? <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the young striker that Holland was saying was magnificent at 15. So Mukoko must, feel, must be feeling the pressure. But I have to mention here a player, a wonder kid that ain't feeling the pressure. And he's already getting Stevie G talking big time about him and you know who i'm going to talk about he said stevie g the coach of aston villa said about his player he's not following anyone's footsteps jacob ramsey is jacob ramsey and i gotta yeah. say he's got the confidence to be a top english baller okay and right now he's the top goal scorer in the premier league of aston villa with five mm -hmm. goals okay four of them with stevie g so that is unbelievable, the development that Stevie G is doing with Jacob Ramsey. And I'm hyped. I'm hyped of what's happening with Aston Villa, man. That link-up yeah. of Jacob Ramsey with Coutinho, mm -hmm. boy, oh boy, it's special. One of the best duos in the Premier League, and it just started. And yeah, it just it, started. It did, and I, and I honestly, you, you hit the nail on the head with that. I think Philip, Felipe Coutinho is a big reason why Jacob Ramsey is uh, mm -hmm. he's, he's a pressure valve. 
I mean, mm-hmm. so much attention has to be spelled um, spent on Coutinho mm-hmm. um, that it just opens up Ramsey. And those two finishes were not easy. Mm-hmm. Those two finishes, it was midweek, right? That yes. he hit the brakes. Yes. Um, those two finishes were not easy, especially that second one yes. that he roofed. That he roofed. Most most people would miss hit that, go far wide, or uh, he'd sky it over the top because he got well too yes. well under it. He knew exactly exactly what he was doing, and yeah, Jacob Ramsey and Felipe Coutinho, the <laughs> uh, the duo that we did not know that we needed. Um, <laughs> but I I am here for it because he's been impressive, and I'll be honest. I'm already being proven wrong about Coutinho. Uh, he looks hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of those situations where what does Coutinho do when he is marked out of a game for the first 30, 35, 40 minutes? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was not he was not sharp. He was mildly sloppy. Mm-hmm. And all it took was 15 minutes near the end of that first half for him to literally change the game. Right? Mm-hmm. Um so I'm he's already got what like four goal contributions in like 170 minutes in the Premier League. More than so, Grealish. Uh, more than Grealish more, already. <laughs> that, we're doing this already. We're we have to. on Jack. We yeah, have no, to. Like get it's Coutinho true. out for 40 million. Jack Grealish yeah. is a hundred. <laughs> and I'm sure Barcelona won't be hard to bargain with. <laughs> yeah. Oh my days. But uh, I have to talk about a situation too I saw midweek. That mm-hmm. I'm usually putting Arsenal in the mud, but that situation of Martinelli, that was yeah. embarrassing refereeing in my opinion, okay? If you didn't see it, Martinelli got two yellow cards in 10 seconds. And the reason why I think that's ridiculous is Martinelli wasn't even aware of his first yellow card, okay? At least make him aware. I know it's a continuing the play and then he does a yellow yellow, but it makes no sense, okay? It makes no sense. Stop the game, get that yellow and yeah. there you go. But don't give another yellow with the other foul at least. Yeah, okay? I mean the 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 yellow is what? It's called a caution for a reason. <laughs> and if you don't see the caution, um yeah. you, you you know, you, you play on and you don't, you don't rein it in. You don't, you know, act with caution from there on out. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It was weird. Uh, I'm sure Martinelli will bounce back, um, from it. Uh, but Hey, let's stay in the, um, let's stay in the premier league. I got another, another one. We were just talking about how they mm-hmm. raised a hundred million and so on and so forth to bring in Lukaku and they might have to do it again for a Declan Rice type of thing. <laughs> well, there's a certain somebody that we know is wanted by the club, mm-hmm. uh, that he's at and that's Armando Broja and oh, you talked about yeah. last week and he, he added another goal um I'll tell you what watching him dance around and mm. physically manhandle Rafael Varen on the on the wing um earlier today uh when Southampton uh was against United mm-hmm. that was very very impressive um but I gotta say Armando Broja is up to eight goals on loan at Southampton and um he's one that I, I just look at and I'm like he might never get a chance mm. in a Chelsea shirt. He might never get a chance in a Chelsea shirt if they're at bringing in it. And I hope he does. I really do hope he does. And if you're, I'm glad that you're confident because then I can at least draw from that. <laughs> um, because he did so much too off the ball that mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily seen. I mean, let's be honest, James Ward Prowse's delivery was just on point midweek. Mm-hmm. That ridiculous Tottenham Southampton game mm-hmm. where Antonio Conte was trying to pick fights when they went up two one <laughs> and they won three two in the final minutes. Gotta love that I, I just, Yeah, I just love it. I just think 
that could Broha be the guy for Southampton that starts to, uh, um, I don't know, make them more than a mid-table team or a, a relegation fodder as of the last few years? Or will he actually, and you're, you've already said it, you're confident that he will play in a Chelsea <laughs> shirt and he will do well, and he will not be used as a bargaining chip to bring in a Declan Rice or somebody else um, mm. for defense. Well, the, ooh, that, that, ooh, West Ham, West Ham will want him for sure. But I don't think you'd sell. I'm going to say this. For me, Armand yeah. Broja is one of the most complete, best young strikers in the world. He's got it all, in my opinion. Physically, finishing, technique going forwards, in-game IQ. I really rate Armand Broja highly. So I think he's going to have that chance at Chelsea. Personally, okay. Brunson, I really, I think Connor Gallagher next season is gonna have a chance, and Edmund Broja, no doubt. Those two okay, have to get a chance. What are you talking about? Are you talking about preseason and then they unload them for seventy million, or are you uh, talking about like they're actually gonna get a chance to start up there above a Lukaku, above a Timo Werner? Uh, Armand Broja, I think so. I think he'll, I think he'll stay, and he'll go against Lukaku for that for that place. Yes, okay. but I, I look, I do think Lukaku is on the spot too. If Chelsea get a bit of 80-70 of a, of a, I'd say Juve Flahovic didn't go there. So, but yes, I I love the take of Adman Broja. The guy is the guy is legit, legit. One of yeah. the best young forwards out there. But I have a question to do. Out uh, finishing here, the pod is. Yeah. I saw some uh, some talk saying Vlahovic is at the same level of Mbappe and Erling Haaland. Okay. So Maximiliano Allegri said that about his players. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think Vlahovic is already in the discussion next to Haaland and next to Mbappe? No. Oh! You know, whatever. Maximiliano Allegri. Maximiliano Allegri has not had the privilege of having a Kylian Mbappe or a Erling Haaland under his tutelage so mm -hmm. um i'm sorry sir uh not <laughs> not yet uh not oh. yet at all but I'll, I'll tell you what i'll tell you what i think a lot of people expected vlahovic um to not be as influential as he has been in his first couple games for mm -hmm. juventus and i am very very happy to see that it has been the opposite mm. um he danced he danced on that touchline that one time um that i think led to the goal um or one of the maybe it was the own goal I forget, uh, but <laughs> he has just looked he has looked impressive in his first couple starts and I actually like what's brewing in Syria. Mm. You know, younger players I know Jekos at Inter, but with Gozens and you know some new young blood uh, in the Inter Milan and AC Milan and Juventus. Uh, I think Napoli needs to take the next step to do that to them too. Mm -hmm. um, but there's some there's some good young blood that's getting injected into Syria, uh, Syria's top clubs. Uh, that's going to make it really a, a little more parody for years to come. I don't think we're going to see a Juventus, um, what, nine seasons in a row or 10 seasons in a row know. like they did uh, again anytime soon. But, yeah, that's a good one. But I, I, I think we can't move on without mentioning, and I know he's 24, but we got to mention what Christopher Nkunku is doing. Yes. Okay? I mean, yes. the season he has, has been having deserves so much more recognition than I think he's getting. Like, he is the guy. For Leipzig, he's 19 goals, 13 mm -hmm. assists. He has more goal involvements uh, this season than Vlahovic, mm -hmm. then Vinicius, then Thomas Mueller, then Erling Haaland, then Mo Salah. Then Gates. I think he's 
<laughs> yeah, with, with Mo Salah. Um, and he's got seven goals in six Champions League games. And we don't mention him as much as we mention every person we just mentioned previous to that. You that know? is true. Um, and, and what he did the other day when they uh, beat up on, was it Frankfurt? Stuttgart? Mm-hmm. One of those teams. Um, he's, he's special. He's special well, and uh, yeah, such you, a different player. You said it. 32 goal involvements in 31 games, man. That is yeah. that is unbelievable. But yes, where who will get in Kunku? Who will get in Kunku? Tottenham might might fancy him. I always say that they need a player behind Son, behind Kane. Why I not in Kunku? Like, yeah, I like that shot a lot. Mm. I do. That's a good one. <laughs> I, you know, I don't really have any bad bad. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, but he is, he is really good. He is. He's been watching him a lot more and, and, um, well, yeah, you mentioned in Kunku, so I'm going to finish on my end with another underrated baller in the Bundesliga that is having a season that is phenomenal for him. And that is Musa Diaby that get reached 10 Bundesliga goals in 20 games for the first time in his career. So I'm I, I'm expecting to Musa Diaby to leave Leverkusen this season at, at the end of this season. Terrific winger, bags of pace, and yeah, a goal involvement can always come from him too. I could see Liverpool getting getting him. Okay, he'd yeah, be the type of player that would develop an awful lot with Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, so. yeah, like I don't think he'd be in their eleven, obviously, with with the, <laughs> with the firepower they have. But he he could definitely get his chance over time and. uh I don't know. Diaby's definitely taken it another step higher since Leon Bailey left. Um, and, and more importantly, he's remained healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's what you want. But Diaby and Wirtz and, um, and, and uh, Schick, they all seem to have like this pretty good connection there. The issue is, is for some reason, Leverkusen seems to leak goals <laughs> a whole lot. Even with like, we love individually a lot of the players back there. True. And it could just be because they're so new in terms of Hincapi, Hincapie, I don't know how to say his last name. In terms of um, Burkina, yeah, Tapsoba, um, you know, and Frimpong. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of those guys are new for the most part, right? They've barely even been there a full season or a full season and a half. Um, so I don't know. Leverkusen just is so entertaining, <laughs> and yet they can't keep a um, Bundesliga title rally uh, going for long. Um, but anyway. Uh, for the sake of time, there's two others I got to mention. Um, welcome back, Noni Matueki. Um, <laughs> he got his first goal uh, for PSV Eindhoven yes. since his injury, I believe, in September. So, man, one of the most electric players when he's in form, when he is healthy. And uh, it's really good to see him back on the pitch again. I think he followed that up with an assist as well. Hmm. So, uh, it's good to know that he is back and uh, ready to contribute right away because PSV is not technically out of it um, in the ear divisie mm-hmm. just yet, although IX looks very, very hard to beat. Matawaki was one that we honestly thought at some point should have been thought of as a um, English yeah. call-up. Mm-hmm. And um, he was in the form of his life before he got injured, so we're really happy to see him back. And then the other one i got to mention, I know Everton's going through this Jekyll and Hyde craziness right now. <laughs> uh, midweek, they hated themselves. Uh, then they had a really good showing today and i gotta say if there's anyone that's like part of this uh rebuild for everton moving forward and this kind of reimagining moving forward anthony gordon has not you know hit his peak yet he might even have a very limited ceiling 
but you cannot change the fact that he wears his heart on his sleeve and it is very Everton. It is Everton through and through. And he had a goal and an assist against Bielsa's leads earlier. Um, and I really think he's somebody that Everton uh, should build their future around. I understand he's probably not the caliber of player that they want to build their future around. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is definitely that makeup that when you think of Everton, you think of players that literally bleed for Everton um, over their time there. And he's one. And I really am excited to see what he can do, how far, how much higher he can push the ceiling under Frank Lampard. Well, you know, Frank Lampard with Anthony Gordon and Stevie G with Jacob Ramsey. <laughs> there you go it's it's a it's It's a bold rivalry of duos so people if there's anything that we've missed out in the wonder kids news please put down below in the comment section below at fc wonder kid episode 43 in the raps people don't forget if you want to support us much more click in the subscription button and the like button of this video and go to fc wonder kid dot com people go visit our website and go cop the merch man go bold and go yeah. cop it and uh i i think we're gonna have to do a live with all these start bench cells we're collecting because yes we keep talking too much man but uh once again it was fun talking to you and um another week of football lies ahead let's yeah. go there you go there you go so <laughs> looking forward for episode 44 next weekend and everyone i hope you guys have a phenomenal week And don't forget to go bold, people. Have a nice one.